Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. A newly embraced Evangeline awoke in the alley, realized she had feasted upon the Channel 5 camera person, and in a panic hid the body and returned home. Forced to switch to a nocturnal schedule, her kindred urges grew over time, waking to find herself feeding on Teddy and finally draining her boss Julie to death. With no hope in sight, will the Sheriff of Calgary be able to enlist Val to find her assailant? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Val, you are not in New Haven because we are in the past. So where do you live while you are in Calgary or or elsewhere? Currently in Calgary, I know that. Val lives in a trailer truck. With Will. She lives out of this truck. Sometimes, I think occasionally she will pick up actual packages and if she's driving somewhere, we'll get money that way. She has a CDL. I don't know. Do they have those in Canada? Is this the same thing? I'm going to say yes because I don't drive a truck. So, sure. There you go. But um, <laughs> but the truck is like outfitted so you can pull down the front windows and black it out. And also in the back upper part, the part that goes above the trailer... There's a coffin up there. So they just live out of (laughs) the truck, occasionally staying at motels, that kind of thing. Stopping at a lot of truck stops for showers and that. But so she's wherever. So knowing Will has a hardcore Call of Duty obsession. Yep. How have you made that work inside your truck? There's a lot of parking outside of McDonald's for him (laughs) to get Wi-Fi. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's a lot of motel situations where if she's on a job or something's going on, she'll leave him somewhere for a bit and he can just have his gaming hotel Wi-Fi time and she'll come back and get him. So, but I love all of that. And that's just flavor <laughs> that I needed to know. But you have received a call from Sheriff Cross uh, to come to the Blue Rose Hotel, which is a towering, uh, old, classic hotel uh, in downtown Calgary, and it is the unofficial slash official home of the Camarilla. If you're picturing one of the hotels that would appear in the animated Batman series, you are correct. That is the hotel vibe. Strong art deco vibes. All of the all of the princesses staff tend to function within that building. It's where all the major meetings happen, and it is currently the home of Sheriff Cross, as well as Cleopatra. So you've been called in by the sheriff. Do you take your your full rig there? It would be welcome, or would you kind of side door it? Would there be a sneakier way you would go? Um, 
Um, yeah, I think she would side door it. It's it, questionable what exactly the sheriff would want with her. So I think she would she would put Will somewhere, park that, and then you know walk whatever blocks it is to the hotel and side door it and try to find him. Great. Once you get inside, the desk waves you up to the third floor where Sheriff Cross is waiting for you in some of the the meeting halls. Uh, and you step up and you find him and a stranger standing next to him, uh, who we at home know is Evangeline. But you Ooh. don't know anything. You're just here to meet Sheriff Cross. Sheriff, what you remember, or I mean what you know, is that you need Val to hunt down the Card Brothers. They are a gangrel criminal gang. Uh, and one of them is the one who turned Evangeline. But you've got Val here, who does not know the gig to come up. And the other thing that you know is that there is no money in this job. So you yeah. really need her to take this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, just for clarifying the notes that I have, the card gang or the card family are roaming anarchs? Yes, anarchs. And then Gangrel is their clan. So you know Gangrel's that they're clan, the, right, the anarch is a clan. Anarch kind is of like vampire. an ideology. Okay, yeah, Anarch is a political affiliation, so they're anti-Camarilla. Got it. Thank you. Uh, well, good to see you. Good to see you too, Sheriff. What Val can Miller, I do this for is, you? This is uh, Evangeline Clark. Evangeline, this is Val Miller. Uh, uh, Evangeline is just like sitting in a chair, like legs crossed, like arms crossed, like biting her nails. Yeah, to paint the full picture, the carpeting in this hallway is the same as The Shining. Cleopatra thought that was quite funny. Uh, there are, are red, rich, lush walls with wood paneling. You can see paintings of historical images, some of them beautiful, very pastoral, some of them incredibly violent. Uh, these look different than the traditional paintings you would picture. But you would know Val and you would know Sheriff. That's not because this is some artist's interpretation that's slightly different. It's because Cleopatra hired artists and told them exactly what the history actually looked like. <laughs> and that's why these paintings are done the way they are. Uh, they are the equivalent of photographs for a vampire with a very, very long memory. Uh, warm lights hanging in golden sconces along the walls and a couple of larger oak doors that are lacquered and shiny appearing along the right side. There are occasional chairs outside the meeting rooms because vampire meetings can be very sad, very scary, or very deadly. Rarely are they just fun social calls. Yeah. Is it appropriate for us to be having this conversation in the hallway? Yes, you can have it anywhere. Okay. This is a building that is functionally very invitation only or people okay. with major security clearance. It's it's the equivalent of a White House in Calgary for okay. the princess's thing. Okay. Anybody who's not welcome is not making it past the front gate. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and for, for visuals' sake, like Val is wearing her normal Val clothes, which look, <laughs> she just looks like a total punk. Like she shouldn't even be in this hotel. <laughs> she has her jean jacket with the sleeves ripped off with patches and pins and stuff on it and a handkerchief in her back pocket. She's wearing sunglasses inside the hotel. She, she looks like almost like a cartoon person. And she turns to the sheriff nice. and she says, am I being nice? Basically referring to like, is this a criminal <laughs> or is this someone I should actually treat with respect? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, um, uh, sheriff Cross will, will uh, smirk at that and say, uh, um, yes, Val, you're, you're being nice. Val will walk up to Evangeline and put out a hand. Nice to meet you. I'm Val Miller. Uh, 
Evangeline kind of like shoots out a hand like quickly, does like a like quick shake, like good to meet you, like Evangeline Clark, um, uh, and she kind of just like trails off. Yep. And Velo turned back to the sheriff and Kleiner head and say, "Is this about her?" That's correct. Uh, Val Evangeline here was recently embraced by uh, a member of the Card family. All those fucks. She was attacked and left in the street, and she's been surviving on her own for about two months now. And of course, inevitably, she started to get into trouble, which is where I had to step in and make a decision. And well, I'd just really like to see this resolved more amicably than, uh, you know, the direct and easy approach. Uh, I'm sure you can uh, understand it. We've had our run-ins with the Card family every now and again. And that's why I'm asking you. And it is it is asking uh, if you'd be willing to help us track down whoever turned her. There's no money in this one. You'd be, uh, you'd be owing me a favor. Or I'd be owing you a favor, excuse me. Right, well, the Card family thinks it can fuck with the Sheriff of Calgary. I'll make them think twice about that. That's exactly what I was hoping to hear. All right, look, I don't know about you, but I have no idea where these folks got off to. So uh, we're going to need to enlist a little extra help here. And I should make it clear that uh, as representatives of Prince Cleopatra's interests, uh, myself and uh, my other colleague, who I'll be bringing along on this trip, uh, we can't get directly involved in matters, you know, physically. It's going to be up to you, Val. That's what I do. So that is that is what you do, and that's why I know this is going to go so well. Evangeline, you're welcome to uh, sort of help out Val in any capacity she may need in tracking down your attacker, your assailant. Again, I'm mostly here in a supervisory capacity. You you have all the information, right? Like, I I just, I told you everything. I know, but I think we may need all hands on deck here. I want you to understand that uh, the, the method in which this problem is usually resolved is kind of like putting down the pup, so to speak. And I don't want that for you. So I'm going to need your help. If you want to live, you're going to come uh-huh. with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> realizing. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. And that, yeah, that was the moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, so all I need to do now is I need to pay a visit to one uh, Doris Francis Barbara uh, to help us track down where these scumbags have gone off to. They got a two-month head start on us, at least. And the sheriff gestures to his right, where you can see the lacquered doors of a meeting room. They have a sign, etched in gold, bolted into them. Doris, this is going to be your official space inside the Blue Rose, the White House of Cleopatra's Calgary. What would you name your room where you set up all of your various magical crafts? Oh, um, I'm pausing for dramatic effect. JK, I'm coming up with something funny. Um, 
I think I think it's called the Snuggle Palace. <laughs> um, because it was called something else, like the Something Palace, and then she was told that she scared someone, so she crossed out whatever word was there before, and she wrote Snuggle because she's been told that it's a nice word. <laughs> I love it. So it was originally called the North Palace Ballroom. Great. But both North and Ballroom have been crossed out. And Snuggle has been etched underneath. Somehow it's the same piece of metal, just Mm -hmm. rewritten anyways. Uh, And as you open the door and enter, Val, you've heard of Doris. You can't not hear of Doris. Uh, Doris is, if if you're imagining when you see a a major political figure and their their closest ministers standing with them in a photo, Doris is in the photo and you're in and out of Calgary a lot. You know what Doris is like from our New Haven adventures. Imagine that, but without having to deal with Doris day to day. How do you feel having to go into <laughs> Doris's snuggle palace to get the information for your case? Yeah, Val feels similar to all of this stuff. I think she sees Doris as an extension of Cleopatra, and Cleopatra is like this Camarilla figurehead. And Val hates all of this political stuff. And all of, the only reason she shows up for any of this is because of Sheriff Cross. So she's cool with him, but all of the rest of this stuff makes her uncomfortable. So she's just going to find a, a wall to lean against and look angry about having been summoned here and having to deal with any of this. <laughs> that sounds like are- a reasonable, I was going to say, that sounds like a reasonable idea, but let's see what that room looks like. So you are all <laughs> that, oh, entering. Well. <laughs> Sheriff, you've seen this room before, but for yeah. Val and especially Evangeline, this is your first time walking in. Doris, we know your improvised magical witching space inside New Haven. This is a place you have had decades to specially customize and major funding to make the 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 witch's brew brew brewing room. I don't know. There's no term for this. The witch's hut. It's just the fanciest hut that any witch could ever hut. <laughs> uh, what does it look like as they walk in? And you do have the scale of a ballroom in a hotel. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, like, there is no surface that is not covered in, like, gauzy, filmy cloth uh, with, like, everything from moons to cats to badgers, question mark. Like, like everything under the sun. Um, and, like, uh, there's so many lamps that line the room, uh, all with different fine lampshades. Um, and, like, little tables everywhere. And they all have different forms of, like, tarot reading there's a crystal ball there's like incense there's um runes on one of them uh etc etc uh there's no there are no chairs um there's nowhere to sit (laughs) except for like bean bags and stuff on the floor and like piles of blankets and and all that kind of stuff and she like sleeps in a corner um like like a rat, like um, <laughs> huddled under, huddled, un, huddled under uh, many, many soft blankets. Uh, maybe there's a pillow. We don't know. It's kind of hard to see. Um, yeah, and there's like music coming from somewhere? Question mark. But you don't know where. Uh, and it's like maybe whale sounds. Um, <laughs> but you can't discern where it's coming here from. Here as well, or oh, did no, they? Or did they have your actual apartment in the hotel and you just sleep in this room? No. Oh, no. (laughs) Ryan. Sorry. I don't know why I suggest these things. My God. No, the the cats are here. The cats have free reign. 
Um, and you just have to deal with that. <laughs> right. So you all step into a combination of a sorceress area and the world's tackiest knickknack shop. Uh, you you could lean against a wall if you wanted to, Val, but you would have to move at least three lamps to do so. Are and you it going? Smells. There's so like it smells like no no no, but not in a bad smell. But like it smells like you know when you like like the perfume. And, you know, the incense mixed with the candles, mixed with the et cetera, et cetera. So Val's going to be smelling really great when she leaves her room. Awesome. <laughs> so Val, you already know you're starting to smell different. Yeah. Uh, do you sully yourself by moving several lamps to be able to sullenly lean against the wall? Or what do you do once you step into this space? Yeah, well, her goal was to lean against the wall. Also, the smell thing I'm curious about, because if cats and beanbag chairs, I have, I have questions. <laughs> but <laughs> I think Val would try to <laughs> move around and then just like run into a, like a chime or something that was going and try to move away from that and then <laughs> a rocking a lamp and then try just stand, try to stand still just like I'm not touching anything anymore <laughs> great evangeline <laughs> what is your reaction to this space as you were brought in uh evangeline is like like kind of hovering awkwardly in the doorway uh like not like she doesn't know what's normal <laughs> at this point like is this just like fucking like is do i have to do this now like is this this is very normal is this what all kindred like i would become? say you specifically so know that this is not all kindred because your experience coming into this has been very like gothic architecture black tinted suvs people okay. in suits with guns like much more traditional kind of underworld style vampire experience. Yeah. This room looks like a combination of a room run by a grandmother and a 10 year old. Yeah. Ooh, then yeah. just like Evangeline doesn't want to offend anyone. She's on thin ice. So she's just like in her mind going like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. So Evangeline standing in the doorway, the sheriff and Val have entered to the midpoint in the room. Doris, where are you? Are you in your blanket fort? What are you up to? Oh, yeah. So, um... Like a rat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just hear rustling uh, and, like, a cat kind of, you know, um, and then a head pokes out from, like, this pile of pretty blankets in the corner um, and, and Doris pokes her face out and you just hear a... Oh! Oh, dear! Oh, I forgot! Right, you're here. I do believe the fish people told me you were coming. I should have seen it. <laughs> Welcome. You're here for a reading. Uh, Cross will take off his hat and like oh. just bow cordially and say, Doris, darling, it's lovely to see you. Would you care to come out of that and, and oh, join Sheriff us? And he'll Cross. hold a hand out for you. You're not here for a reading, are you? The fish people lied. Well, I can't speak for the fish people, but we did come here to see you, Doris. Oh, how lovely. Doris, you and I, uh, we are both uh, in the employ of Cleopatra. Uh, and she and does some kind of weird, wavy hand motion whenever Cleopatra's name is uh, spoken. Yeah, and he cross <laughs> knows, so he just kind of pauses. Like, yep, she did it. Okay, good. Uh, and just back <laughs> to uh, uh, saying, uh, um, uh, and I have a, uh, this is an official request from the sheriff, myself, uh, to have you help us track down some ne'er-do-wells and uh, hoodlums who 
went and attacked this fine young lady here. This is Evangeline Clark. Evangeline, this is Doris Francis Barbara. And Doris, this is my uh, associate, uh, Val Miller. She'll kind of look at Evangeline and uh, say, uh, Pleasure to meet you. Have you ever looked inside a crystal ball? Uh, Evangeline kind of like raises a hand like halfway and just kind of does like a little like finger wave, <laughs> like hello. Um, and just kind of like looks looks to Sheriff Cross, looks to Val <laughs> like Miller, just like, no, n- no. Who, who are the fish people? Mermaids. Do you not know them? Uh, oh, no. you're new. <laughs> you're new. Well, you just found out mermaids are real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cross knowing where this has the potential to go will kind of chime in again and say, uh, 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 Doris, we, uh, we came here to enlist your help in tracking these folk down. I was wondering if you had some kind of incantations or rituals or spells that may help us figure out where they've gone to. They got a few months on us, so I'm not sure where they could be. Right. What was their name again? The Card family. The Card family. Have I heard of them, Ryan? Yes, you have. You're aware (laughs) of them. Uh, They would be kind of top 10 most wanted in Canada. So if you're looking at the most wanted by the Camarilla list, they are up there. They are outspoken and dangerous anarchs who have traveled around and they have definitely breached the masquerade and caused other major problems that the various royalty of the various provinces have had to deal with. Uh, And then a question I have for you, Doris, that that is a historical question that matters for, because we've talked about this both ways. Uh, You are Cleopatra's kind of tarot card reader and other things. Yes. Do you think you are using legitimate magic to help her, or have you been kind of blowing smoke up various asses to try to keep yourself in the court? Both. Perfect. (laughs) So then we know you can't say you don't have a way to track them, but I literally don't know if you do. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I genuinely don't think I actually have this in from, my power. From your existing magic, no. No. So we have now reached the point where Doris has to pretend to con her way into having a solution to this problem. Phenomenal. Well, uh, I'm a good sheriff for coming to this one. Yeah, good job, buddy. <laughs> Doris, we need your help. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Admittedly, you were required to go to Doris by Cleopatra. I don't think she's a regular source oh, no. you use for your casework. Got okay. It. Okay. Um, you're going to see her kind of like pause and her eyes will go a little bit wide. Um, oh, quick question. What is she wearing on her own time? Because I just want to make sure I can picture this. Oh, goodness. It's like today is like a hot pink suit. Um... But like a skirt over pants with like lots of bells on it. So she like chimes whenever she moves. Here's where I'm at with Doris. <laughs> you were saying hot pink suit and I thought you were going to say hot pink soup. And I didn't think that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi. 
Hi friends, it's Ryan here, and I am excited to invite you to join the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon. It's a great way for you to help our team keep creating shows that you love, and it's a cool opportunity for you to get neat things too. At the $1 level, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord, so you can chat with other listeners and our cast in spoiler and non-spoiler channels so anyone can tag in. At the $5 level, we offer ad-free feeds for a bunch of our shows so you won't have to hear us advertising our Patreon anymore. At $15, you get to submit names for NPCs, places, and things that we have to use in the shows. And we also have a Tips, Tricks, and Traps video where you can submit questions that our GMs and DMs, myself and Tom, will answer for you. And at $25, you can create your own NPC to join one of our active shows and get a special thank you at the end of every episode we produce. We've got a bunch of tiers where you can join, so please head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please help support us, and we'll keep new episodes coming. Yes! <laughs> Wearing a hot pink suit. I have succeeded. <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what she's wearing. Great. Um, yeah, she has, like, a pin of a bird in her hair. Um, okay, so she, yeah, her eyes are going to go wide momentarily. Um, and then she's going to say, um, of course, that's my specialty. As I've often told Cleopatra, and she does the hand wavy thing again. Um, do you have any blood from any of them? You do not, Sheriff. Yeah, no. Uh, Sheriff Cook shakes his head. Regrettably, uh, we we don't have any any real trace evidence of of the card gang on hand. Oh, that's fine. This is she Evangeline here is a victim of the card gang. If you need her, she had direct contact with one of them. Right. So what you know about. Uh, Evangeline is, you know, about the tattoo of uh, on the hand. That is it. That's everything. And clearly they, I mean, you wouldn't know this, but Sheriff, you have seen and probably would have told her this, that apparently you are a gangrel. Some kind, like that word does not mean terribly much to you, Evangeline, but you'll have been told that that's your clan. So they must be of the same clan. So Evangeline, like... Having no idea, like, what's important or not, hmm. just, like, trying to, like, I don't know, just trying to, like, feel like she knows something, uh, just says, uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a gangrel, and he was a gangrel, and, and then she just trails off again. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. That's, that's good. That, that makes sense. That's generally how it works. Right. No blood. Hmm. She knows that there's literally nothing she can do. Yeah. Um, so the thing she's you have going for you, Doris, hand. I was going to say, the thing you have going for you is this full room full of tricks you've oh, put together over centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. want to throw it. Make some shit up. I'm here for you. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> she's going to hold out her tiny hand to Evangeline. Um, and just kind of hold it out with the presumption of, take my hand. She doesn't actually say it. She just holds it out. Evangeline imitates her motion <laughs> and puts her hand forward. From across the ballroom, because Evangeline's still in the doorway. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
come here. Oh, oh. Uh, and Evangeline kind of like awkwardly shuffles We must engage over. in an ancient ritual of finding. Okay. 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 What, what, what do I do? Take my hand. Okay. We're going to dance. Uh, okay. Uh, and then Doris, and then somehow like the whale sounds grow louder. And she, holding her hand, she just starts, like, engaging in the weirdest fucking dance you've ever seen. Um, like, the bells are ringing, and, like, she's spinning around, and, like, her eyes are closed. Like so she's, she's lost spinning in, Evangeline? Yeah, like, okay. like she's lost in some kind of mystical trance. Uh, some Somewhere, like, a tiny crystal ball is procured from inside her suit, and she kind of, like, looks at it and goes, hmm, uh, and then puts it back. Um <laughs> And that kind of like leads her over to a table and she pulls out the the tarot deck that she reads from every morning in the present. Um, and she starts shuffling it and says, uh, I want you to think very carefully about the card family as I'm shuffling the cards. Okay. Uh, shuffle, shuffle, okay. Shuffle, shuffle. okay. And Evangeline just like inside is like the card family. The card <laughs> she doesn't know anything <laughs> like really except for this like guy. Great. <laughs> the, uh, and the tattoo, doesn't matter. So. It's all bullshit. So um, yeah. sweet. And then she's just going to flip a card over and hope that somehow whatever late magical energy Doris has uh, will show her something. Pertinent. All right. Can you roll me a wits and a cult? Yes, because she does have magical power, so maybe it'll work this time. That is true, and I would add a bonus die, we'll say, because you've been doing one of your fear blood experiments that is tooling you up. Um, What would my hunger be at this point if I'm in the past? Like, do a I hunger roll- for you would be, uh, do you feed on people enough to kill them? No, no, it's very consensual. Four. Uh, no, you, you will have four filled. You'll have one hunger. It's always a weird system to oh, talk okay. about what you'll have okay. for two weeks. I was like, oh, fuck. What? Okay. You, will all, you will all have one hunger, except for Evangeline. You will have okay. two. Have Actually, two. you'll have three. You're starving. One, two, three. Oh, okay. Oh, no, wow. what? You killed somebody yesterday. Okay, you that's five. Five. Oh, yeah, you're doing great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you flip it over, and I think it's one of those moments where there's just a, a wash of relief through you. Okay. Because sometimes the con takes care of itself and you feel like there's a little bit of magic in it. Uh, and sometimes <laughs> uh, you're interpreting cards that you think might get you in trouble. But mm-hmm. this one, uh, what you see is the image of the sun rising in the west with a bird flying out of it. Okay. But you know that that most likely means they are on the west coast and a bird flying can symbolize a plane so you all need to fly to Vancouver. Right. Okay. Um, now you have to pray that that's correct, but that's what the card's saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that it's happened, I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> because my cards, you know, they don't lie to me except when they do. Uh, so she'll look up uh, and she'll say, uh, Mr. Cross, sir. Yes, Doris. I do believe you need to take the giant winged beast in the sky to the west. How far west? There's a place called Vancouver. Oh, hell. 
Are you sure, Doris? You're coming with us, you know that, right? I don't take giant metal birds in the sky, sir. Well, apparently the cards are telling you you do. I'm here to tell you where they are. I told you, they're in Vancouver. Yeah, and guess what? Cleopatra needs me to take you with me. You and I are joining this. And Doris just like slowly starts moving towards her massive blankets as if no one can see her and she's just going to try to hide back in her little rat's nest. Cross has seen this before. So he's like, no, no, you come back here. And he'll like go and like try and... (laughs) Sheriff, you do have in your pocket uh, a, a crimson envelope with a gold seal with Cleopatra's mark on it yeah. to make it an official order that you could pass okay. down because vampires tend not to trust other people to deliver messages from people sure, on yeah. high without proof. This is the proof. Yep. Cross on his hands and knees under a table to get to the pile of blankets, kind of cut you off at the pass and he, sh- he kind of slides in front of you, envelope in hand. He says, this is for you and I, you know who this is from. Oh dear. And she you just half-heartedly makes... The Cleopatra hand wave, but right, she's Doris. really sad about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this must be important if she it sends is. me on a giant metal bird, given my predilections against giant metal birds. Hmm. Right. Well, I'll have to get a babysitter. At which point, Val, you realize that Will doesn't have a place to stay. And Doris needs a babysitter. And Will likes cats. Val is not happy with the situation and would break it to Will like bad news. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Since a job is going to take a fucking while, so you need a place to hole up, and we have no fucking money. So they have a room for you here. I'm sorry, it's full of shit and cats, I guess. We'll just fast forward a little bit to Will uh, arriving and being like, how much am I getting paid? We're we're not getting paid for this shit because it's the The, Camarilla. Listen, it's babysitting. I should get paid. Hey, lady, how much are you going to pay me to babysit your cats? And Doris just fixes him with a look and just says, uh, money's all in the mind, young sir. Great. How much money's in your mind? Look into my me. crystal ball and see. Uh, stop! Stop fucking talking to her. All right. No, I'll, I... I'll ask the sheriff <laughs> to spot us. <laughs> okay, I, it's all yeah. right. I think Cross can cover. Uh, obviously, he can't pay for Val's bounty hunting fee, but I think he can cover some babysitting money. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> okay, Cross done, done. can do yeah. that at and, least. Yeah. Uh, and she's in. Her last words to Will are just going to be, uh, "Don't." Touch the bowl of hair in the corner. <laughs> okay. Have fun, I guess. Yeah, I'm fucking sorry. We'll be back. Okay. <laughs> and and you, all, you all leave, and Will looks around the room and goes, wait, where do I sleep? Uh, and, <laughs> but you're already gone. Uh, Evangeline, you get a phone call as you are driving to the airport, uh, and it shows Teddy's name on your phone. You have disappeared because of what occurred at work, which you now know has been covered up by the Camarilla. They've made the body disappear. There's no proof that that happened, and they've mind-wiped the people who were in the building, so Mm. it won't be traced back to you. But 
You have disappeared, and Teddy is calling. Do you pick up, or do you just let it go to your voicemail? Um. Ah, uh, I pick up. Hey, where are you? Hey, hey. Oh, Teddy, I'm so, I'm so, so sorry. This crazy work thing came up. Just, like, a story that they just, they have to... I, I just have to be away for, for a day or two. Um, it, yeah, it's just this crazy thing happening out West that, that for some reason, I, I don't know, I guess it's this thing of, you know, being on the nightly news now. <sighs> oh, okay. I just, oh. Uh, you know that his energy level has been dropping dramatically and dangerously over the past couple of months yeah. because you have been secretly feeding on him at night, barely enough to prevent you from frenzying, but he has been your only blood source. You've been watching him be worn down and worn down as he doesn't know this terrible secret of yours. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, hopefully I'm just going to sleep for like a day or two. And then when you get back, maybe I'll have enough energy. We could do a date night. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd love that. Okay, I, I love you. I, I love you too. Okay, bye. And then she just hangs up. Just, Fuck. All yep. Right. And you are off to the airport. Now, the challenge <laughs> with these big metal birds and short notice and all of these things is that Cleopatra's private jet is not available for this mission, which <laughs> means you all have to fly Fuck. commercial. Which is Guys, not necessarily not weird. not going to go well for me. I was going to say, not necessarily <laughs> weird for Val or for Evangeline or for even the sheriff because you take a late night flight, it lands at night. It's not a huge problem. Doris, do you want to be shipped as cargo? Theoretically possible because you don't have a heartbeat. Do you want to attend regularly? Would, you, would first class calm you down or be worse? What is Doris's answer to getting onto a flight that she has to take? You know what? I'm going to stick with what we've got going because technology technology is evil and that's a part of my my flaws. Um and I think similarly to uh stuffing herself in the trunk of the car, uh she's going to build herself a nest in cargo um out of people's you know, people's um, things. Luggage. <laughs> people's things. And she's going to like go through the suitcases and like build herself a nest out of clothes and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So this works exactly as it is. I was thinking I was going to have to make you roll for something, but there's no way that the sheriff of the Camarilla in Calgary couldn't get something through customs. So he puts you in a suitcase. They walk the suitcase onto the plane. Once the plane takes off, you could just climb out of that suitcase and build yourself a fort. Great. Uh, the rest of you are, are flying. Is there a certain class that you fly? I mean, Evangeline's along for the ride, but like, what is a plane ride like for Val and or the sheriff? Um, I think the sheriff has flown like first class before. I think he's flown in the private jet before. I think this was short notice and he basically just got what he could get because he can't pay the bounty hunter. So I don't think he's got, you know, the resources of the Camarilla at his disposal. So I think he's, he's traveling economy class kind of thing and just being professional about it, like being very pragmatic, like, it is what it is. We'll we'll land and then we can stretch our legs then kind of thing. Yep. Evangeline, you've got the window seat. Uh you are you are there next to the sheriff. You both have the one row of two seats to yourselves. Val, uh can you roll me a D6? 
Uh, sure. I was going to say, similar to the <laughs> the trunk situation. Oh, great. I rolled a one. Great. Uh, <laughs> similar to the trunk situation, Val would try to put guns and like check guns <laughs> whether they're indoors his bag or not whatever oh, works if that's possible. yeah they would they would get shipped through the sheriff would absolutely be able to do that um and value you get to to ride uh your weapons make it through but unfortunately for you uh you do spend the entire ride seated next to a woman with a screaming baby uh her yes. eight-year-old son is to your left who won't stop yelling uh, and the rest of her family are behind you where there's a little girl just kicking the back of your seat the whole way. So it yeah. is just a hellish flight for you. Doris, can yeah. you roll me a D10? Just with, one D10? With, with Val's like... Just a single D10, yeah. With her emotional state, I think actually that's like... She's just trying to stay well composed and chill because more than the kids, she has dealt with a screaming eight-year-old. She has dealt with that kind of stuff. That doesn't bother her as much, but I don't think Val, probably a few times with the sheriff, I don't think Val, even when she was human, ever rode in a plane. She never had money, and she didn't go, she's used to driving. So, like, being not in control of this play is, like, she's probably more similar to how Doris feels about it. So the kids are actually, like, a welcome distraction from thinking about plummeting death. And if a plane goes down... Vampires die. There are yeah, not that's... stories of vampires surviving plane crashes. Uh, Doris, what was what was your D10 result? Helicopter a... crashes, yes. But it not was a three. <laughs> it was a three. Okay. <laughs> you are not finding great stuff for your fort. It's an overnight <laughs> flight. Most people just used carry-ons. Like right now, you've got a collection of guns, a couple of other things, but they yeah. tend to be full of like kids toys or, or like medicine or there's a weird amount of snowboarding shit that does nothing for you uh can you roll me a composure and composure composure and what would you use to try to stay calm maybe insight or streetwise uh etiquette <laughs> yeah oh i have nothing in etiquette <laughs> whoops <laughs> Um, composure and I don't know. Well, okay, have, com- let's do composure cult? and etiquette. There we go. <laughs> cool. Well, I have nothing inadequate, so it's just uh, two dice. One of them is a hunger dice. Blah blah blah. Oh, mm, okay. Oh, that's fine. Uh, that's that's two successes. Two successes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you managed to stave off uh, going completely crazy. Okay. There, there was a chance. That this was not going to be enough for you and you're going to have to do something more extreme, but you managed to just hit the barrier required to not have a breakdown in the basement of the plane. The basement right. of the plane, as all people call it. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the plane arrives in Vancouver. You guys shift over to a Camarilla-based motel. So there's a place that is light tight. It is safe for you to crash through the day. Uh, The thing that has been made clear over the course of this flight and over the course of these conversations is that the sheriff and Doris are purely here in a supervisory capacity. They are not allowed to partake in any violent action. They're not allowed to hurt anybody. They're not allowed to kill anybody. They're not allowed to do any of that because this is considered foreign territory. This is Vancouver. The royalty situation in Vancouver has become highly questionable. Nobody knows who's in charge. Uh, The communications have dropped off. It's become a bit of a strange black hole, but 
still theoretically until declared otherwise is known as a Camarilla town. They're here to make sure that the rules aren't broken too heftily. And the only people who are allowed to act are Val, because you've worked as a bounty hunter in multiple districts before. So whatever the Camarilla equivalent of a bounty hunting license is, realistically, Mm. it's just your reputation. That exists. And Evangeline, because you were involved in this case, you are also allowed to take violent action. Which means, Val, you are in a strange circumstance of your only backup being someone who has never handled a weapon before. Mm -hmm. At At the motel... Doris undoubtedly is building her new rat's nest. Mm -hmm. The sheriff is sorting out coffins for everyone. And you have a brief moment to talk with Evangeline about the action that's going to take place the next day. You do have handguns filled with silver bullets. You do have silver stakes, which are deadly, but you have to handle while wearing gloves. What do you say to your non-combatant slash only backup about what's going to happen the next day? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that would be Val's first question in the situation is just like, you ever fired a firearm, Clark? Um, I, uh, I, I fired, I fired like a handgun once for, um, this really, really ridiculous like commercial spot that I did. It doesn't, whatever. Uh, uh kind of no. All right. She would give Evangeline a handgun. Say, "This is yours now." What? There's the safety. There's the slide for the clip. Don't put your finger on the trigger unless you're going to shoot someone. Don't point it at anyone you don't want to kill. Take down a kindred, you empty the clip into them. You understand? Uh, uh what, what's in, what, how, what, how many bullets are in the, cl- the clip? <laughs> this one has eight shots, so. You, uh. Well, you're going to learn about fighting tonight, okay? Can't the, sh- can't the sheriff do this? I mean, this is... This is not his fucking territory. There's, like, all this politics shit to deal with. Yeah, just on the phone, and then he puts his hand over the mouthpiece. He's like, no, he cannot, and just goes back to the call. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. Take, all right, take a second. Calm the fuck down. All right. You don't have to get in the middle of the fray. Just be my backup, okay? But, We're looking for the guy who fucking hurt you, so keep that in your mind. And I think your body will figure out what to do. Right. And that's that's pretty sobering for Evangeline. That kind of brings her back into, like, her body and out of her panic. Because there's, there's, there's anger there. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other questions? Uh, d- uh, uh, no. <laughs> she doesn't even know what to ask. Good. Like, so. So Val will be, like, suiting up with all of her stuff, her tactical gear, and has a shotgun and other, and her stake. She would have a normal stake and the silver stake, and, but be wearing gloves and be ready to fight shit. Doris and the sheriff. You know this is Evangeline's first hunt. You know she's never had to engage in any of this behavior. You know she's never had to engage in violence. Would you give her any advice? And if so, what would you say to her? You are all sharing one motel room. It is a very small yeah. space. Everybody's over here in everybody else's conversations. I think Doris wouldn't give her any, like, combat advice because she's not a combat person. I think Evangeline would just feel something slipping into her pocket. Yeah. And, and Doris is like, 
slipping a tarot card into her pocket. Um, and uh, she just kind of looks up at you and just says, um, I'm giving you a whale because whales travel in packs just like you're traveling with Val and they have to take care of each other. Thanks. Val do just the slowest look to Sheriff Cross about like, you still can't fucking believe we have to be around this lady. Yep. And yeah. Sheriff like wiggles his eyebrows. <laughs> it's like, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, kind of wants to like sidle over to Val and just say like, okay, okay. Can I just, can I ask you one thing? Sure. Um, like, okay. Like my understanding is that like tarot's kind of like bullshit. Is it, is it actually real? Uh, Evangeline, is my understanding but, too. I was going to say, can you roll me a, oh man, this is a trick. I want to figure out what exactly what it is. I'm going to say dexterity and subterfuge. Mm. Okay. And, and then, what was my hunger again, Ryan? Your hunger will, will just be one because I just forgot one. that you, okay. you ate somebody unto death the day right. before, which fills you up. Uh, Doris, can you roll me dexterity a wits subterfuge. and awareness? Oh, yes. <laughs> She gonna overhear what she's no. talking about. <laughs> I mean, Belle would not have whispered back for one thing. She would have just said that out loud. <laughs> Three successes. Oh. Ooh. Oh, I okay. lied. That's two successes. <clears throat> Fuck. So, okay. I have I got two successes, and one of them is on my hunger dice. Like, like I got two tens, and one of them is my hunger dice. So that we got a is... name for that in this business. Oh. That is oh, a messy success. <laughs> you did Yay! it. You did it. Two tens and ones no. on a hunger dice. So uh, you have achieved a, a messy success in that you overheard someone calling tarot bullshit. What do you do? Um, I think she would like scurry her way over. Uh, <laughs> like she doesn't have the spot maybe she has the spider power maybe yeah can we say that she's like <laughs> goes spider mode um and like crawls up the wall into the ceiling and like looks down at um at the <laughs> oh my god evangeline like she she like falls to the ground like trying to get away I mean, canonically, you don't have that power, but in oh. this instance, yes, you do. So <laughs> you climb up the wall, you climb across the roof, you're right over Evangeline, who falls to the floor, and then I'm going to say, you just launch off the ceiling right down onto her and, like, grab her by the collar, and then what What do you say? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, do you know what's bullshit, Miss Clark? The human experience, the history of everything. Giant metal birds. <laughs> I got you here. And I can take you back. She Evangeline can't even say anything. She's just shaking. Now take my whale and go. And it's, yeah, she just like scrambles up. <laughs> like, and yeah, scurries over to Val. And, like, she's just going to look at the both of them and just kind of, there's a slow hiss that comes out. Belle will look at Sheriff Cottonwell. You uh, you have fun with that, Sheriff. Oh, you're you're helping me. 
<sighs> we're gonna have we're all gonna have fun together. <laughs> and that is when you're all about to settle into bed and you realize, I mean, your various beds, rat's nest, coffins, etc. Evangeline, I feel like you'd probably still sleep at a regular human bed, and there is one available in this room. Yep. The three of you vampires know that the next day will start with you having to search for the way to find the Card Brothers. You know they are in this town, Val <laughs> and Sheriff. You desperately hope they are in this town because the cards told you it was, Doris. Uh, and you all pass out. Uh, you, you, you go into Torpor for the night. Evangeline, you are new. You are young. You have some additional time where you're still awake. And you find yourself laying on the bed and scrummaging through the drawers next to it. As we've all done in hotel rooms, just be like, what can I read? You don't want yeah. to turn on the TV because you don't know if that wakes vampires up or not. You're not entirely aware of the supernatural nature of the sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, but what you do find among the various pamphlets inside the motel are promotional items for local events taking place. And the one at the bottom is a pamphlet for the Blackthorn Haunt. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, &D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D &D and Things, Norma Byers, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.